The college football playoffs are coming, and we got you covered in each game, rankings, and bowl game. We're breaking it down on each snap, each week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Joe Aguirre, Jace Garcia, and myself, Ovin Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at overcrestmedia.com and hhwshow.com. It's all four downs, presented by the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jake, joined by Jared Jones, and filling in for Joe Aguirre is Prideful Takes Own Riley Pride, Pride Barrett Valdez. What's going on, guys? We got, good, a, good, lot, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of lightweight fights in boxing. And let's dig in right off the rip, recap the upset. That George Camboas Jr. pulled off as he beat Tiafimo Lopez during split decision. We, we talked a little bit about it uh, on our NFL pregame show last week, Jared. Uh, but w- what did you think of the fight? Oh, amazing fight. Um, and honestly, this one surprises me that I that I didn't catch up to this one, that I was so sure about Lopez. Uh <laughs> When, when Lopez first took the title, I said he was bigger than Loma, and that's part of what happened here is Loma coming up. He's not as great as we think he is. He's not better than Loma. He's just a little bit bigger and a great fighter. Um, got a little caught up in the hype. I, 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 wouldn't, I, I can't say I would have gone back and do it different, but if you watch Cambosa's fights, he plays to the level of his opponent. 
He's one of those guys, and he just rose to the level of his opposition and, and came to fight and won the fight. And uh, I'm a little upset at the at the wilder stuff that Tiafimo's doing now. Like, you lost the fight. You lost. You got beat up, man. And you lost. And you want to come back? You want to tr try to rematch? You got other plans? Go do that. But uh, being in the news, arguing that you won this fight... You sound as ridiculous as that judge, that one judge that had it for you. You lost, you lost the fight 8-4. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I, I was watching it, and there's no way, no how, that you can look at me with a straight face and say Lopez won that fight. You cannot look me in my eye and tell me that because you got some explaining to do. Like, look. Granted, I'm not a big fan of Lopez. I don't believe he but he beat Lomachenko that night. I believe it really. I think it was, it was a tie. I'll be honest. I'm not, I don't think Loma won. But I had I a draw too. Yes, yeah, I had, I had a, a draw, draw because Loma started slow, but when he started picking up right in the middle of the fight, Teofimo had no answer, and he looked lost. He looked dazed. He looked confused. He didn't know what to do. So I had it as a draw. So now you go up. You know, um, Kabosa, obviously, he, he thought this was going to be easy. Did you hear his dad afterwards? Oh, yeah, we didn't really lose the fight. However, the only mistake I made was leaving my son at this weight division for so long. I'm like, time out. Wait a minute. <laughs> right before this fight, you guys were screaming you were going to run this division. Now, all of a sudden, you lose, and it's a mistake that you didn't move him up? It's very weird, and you hit it on the head, uh, Jerry. It's very Wilder-like. The, the worst thing that happened to him is that one delusional judge who probably was chilling with John Jones and did some stuff before they went to judge gave Teofimo any type of leeway. When they, when they came out split decision, in his head, Lopez was like, oh, yeah, 100%. I won. There's no debate about it, whatever, whatever. He ended up losing, and because one judge voted for him, that's kind of going to give him <laughs> the, the out, so to speak, to him to be like, oh, yeah, one judge had it for me. See, I won, I won. And it's like, bro, you literally, excuse my French. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to curse. I'm going to be a good noodle. You got beat the F up, bro. And you got beat up bad. Then you got beat down. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> like you are like you were destroyed to the point where, like, I understand that it went to, like, you know, the, the whole distance. So he'll probably try to take that as, like, you know, oh, I went the distance. But there were times in that fight. That the towel should have been thrown in. If we're, if, we're, if, 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 yeah. if we're allowed to have that conversation. I'm not I'm mad not, if you stop that. Me, me personally, mm -mm, I'm not at all. I'm not at all. Like, there have been times it could have been stopped. The fact that it wasn't, I mean, again, look, congratulations. You lasted. But let's call it what it is. You were supposed to beat this dude. Bad. Let's call it what it is. You were mm. supposed to beat him bad because supposedly – Supposedly, what he wanted was that Loma rematch. He wanted that Loma rematch because he feels disrespected, because he feels like no one's giving him the proper credit, because in his mind, he doesn't think the people think he deserves it. So he was supposed to beat, he was supposed to beat this dude to fight Loma. And now all of a sudden, this weight division, it's it's oh, too much, too taxing on it's his the body. Weight division. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like, <laughs> was it taxing on your body or taxing on your skill? Like stop that. When you're talking about the judges, you remind me of my two-year-old son. We have some little iPad games that he plays. Mm -hmm. You know, push the letter B and it's got like A B C D. Yeah. You know, 
So it's like that must have been what one of the judges was doing over there with that little iPad. <laughs> Red. They had a blue <laughs> round four. Blue. <laughs> Jerry, I did it. Yay! No, they had a leapfrog, and they were looking at it. Said, "What's the color blue?" <laughs> like this is that's what that judge was on, bro. Like it, it he was- had two. He had two rounds for the yellow corner. Yeah, somehow, and, and and I can just imagine like the other scorers just looking at like, yo, what is this going on, yo? <laughs> like he's out here, he's like, oh wait, hold on, oh oh, that was a good hit. The purple corner deserves a point. And it's like, where are you at, my guy? Like, what is yeah. going on, bro? Like, no. but I will say this: um, when it comes to uh, how did you have it, fourteen to six? That's see, look. I, <laughs> he's like nudging. He's like, he's like, he's like trying to copy their homework. Yo, how'd you get that? And then they start. You didn't see that last field goal. Yo, <laughs> it, it's like, <laughs> when you're in school, right? When you're in school, and like, it, there's like this math equation, right? And everyone is saying, "Oh, it's two. No, it's eleven. And your goofy self is there with like minus q, and you're just like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I swear that was, he was Jace. I swear that judge was completely yeah. lost. I, I will I, I will say like we we should have been a little bit sharper on this upset. Because I mean L- Lopez like you mentioned, he came out strong uh, against uh Lomachenko. And, and I mean that's what the challenger is gonna do. Especially when you you're going out, you're trying to take your chance, and then eventually Lomachenko figured him out and pieced him up at the end, and that, that's why a lot of people had to draw. A lot of people had Loma winning as well. So I, I mean, Lopez was never the faces. He was never going to be. He had that that big. He was a little bit bigger for the division that that maybe could have got him by. But yeah, I mean, if you can't get back past Combosis, well, yeah, I don't think you're gonna get past a, a Haney. You're not gonna get past a Loma again. <laughs> Haney's Heck, better. You might not yep. even get past a, a Ryan Garcia or Javante Davis. Those so, are good fights because yeah, they're yeah. your size. Exactly. Loma was smaller, and that's kind of what did it. Yeah, prior to Loma, who'd he beat? Kam, Kami and uh, Nakatani. And that was all you had on Lopez's records. When we when we scouted the Lopez Loma fight, we did the same thing we did with this fight. Caught up in not not caught the Loma stuff isn't hype. But Lopez was bigger, and then he wins, and you think, oh, well, Styles make fights. As soon as he fought somebody his size that's good in that division, took it out. And yeah, I think that most of that list you just named beats him. He'd probably take Ryan Garcia, but most of the people you just named, I think, I think would be Lopez. That was that was just not a great performance. No, it, it was not. And get your parents out of your corner. I'm if saying. Sean Porter and uh, and Tiafimo Lopez haven't created the example for the rest of the boxing world, it's a conflict of interest. I'm never mm. going to corner my fighters. I'll never. corner them as kids. Five, six, seven, eight years old. Trin's 15. She decides she wants to box. I'm going to get her a good trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get her a John Scully. And, and I'm going to get her somebody that's going to do the work with her and uh, right. and get her where she's supposed to go. Because you don't know when to stop the fight. Yes. You don't and know I- when to tell them to swing more. There's a piece of you in there. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, you're... That's something that, you know, a lot of, you know, when it comes to like the father-son dynamic, or even even if it's like an uncle teaching his nephew, that's your family. So you're more likely to like give them the wrong advice. 
because your judgment, whether or not you want to agree, it's clouded. Because look, if my son was fighting, I'm going to tell him, hey, yo, look, you're going out there, you're going to beat the bricks off him. Do you hear me? You get hit one time, you're grounded, right? I see my son get hit one time, and I'm immediately thinking about, hey, yo, give me that towel. Give, give, give me that towel. It's yeah. He got hit with a weak jab that really wasn't even supposed to do damage. It was just a range finder. And I'm like, yo, give me that towel. Give me that Tag me in. Tag me in. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, that, that's one thing I, that I will give uh, credit to Floyd and his dad. When Floyd, if Floyd ever got punched, his dad didn't give it. He didn't care. He was just like, get hit again. He's like, get hit again. Watch him go ahead. Like, you know, I heard, I heard an argument. Um, I'm not sure I was a huge fan of it, but just it's relative to the conversation. I heard an argument once that Diego Corrales' demise happened when they decided his father should keep being his head trainer. Because then there was the Mayweather fight. He got knocked down a bunch of times. The whole plan was, I'll come on strong late and knock this guy out. Mm -hmm. So Corrales is thinking, yeah, I wasn't supposed to get knocked out five times, but this is part of the plan. And dad's thinking, I don't want to see any more of this. And there's the disparity between son and father. And then there's all of the other hardships that came as a result of that. And the same way Louis Resto was the end of Billy Connor when he put all that plaster in his gloves, that that fight started this breakdown that ended a life. Yep. I heard somebody make that same argument about Dave Corrales. Get your parents out of your corner. They don't make sense there, guys. Please. And if, if, if your parents really want to be in your corner that bad, I've always said this. The best place a parent should be is as a cut man. Cut man, yeah. That's the best place they should be because if you're a cut man, think about it. As a parent, your job is to protect your child and to you know, heal their wounds. And what is the job of a cut man? To heal the fire. Heal the wounds. So I always yeah. felt like that is like the best, the best place you could the be. The top. At. Exactly. And on top of that, the cut men at times, you know, they kind of, you know, go in there and when the fighters kind of like panicking a little bit. If you guys notice when the head, when the, when whoever the trainer is, when they can't get in their head, it's the cut man who's there and you can occasionally see them whisper, relax, breathe. And th that's also more on a kind of like, you know, like, like, um, like another level where it's like, you're not coaching them. You're just there to keep them level and you keep there to keep them calm. And it's like, bro, if you want to be in the corner so bad, be a cut man, you know, a lot. And a lot of these guys who are trainers know how to be cut men. They already know how to do it. So it's not like they're just going to be lost. Like, uh, what do I do? They know what to do. So that's always been my thing. If it's for any family, if you want to be in the corner, fine. Just go be the cut man and have another guy be the trainer because at the end of the day, in terms of their career and you're and you're being comfortable watching your 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 family member fight, I think it, I think it's beneficial for both sides. Yeah, but uh, all right, let's move on. Like we talked about, like I talked about before, I mean, there's there's a lot of great fights that can happen at lightweight, and we got some a lot of more lightweight boxing to talk about. Uh, not just this, but it's Christmas time, right? It's Christmas time. It's December. Uh, all the all you guys all got kids. I'm sure they made the, their list for Santa Claus. Yeah, I want this. I want that. See what's gonna come under the tree. But say we're writing lists for Santa. What fight do we want for Christmas? I'm gonna start with you, Pride, with this one. Mm. Who you got? I got two. I got two. Huh? So, I got one boxing, and I have one uh, actually UFC. First one, 
Davis and Garcia, stop being, you know what? Just fight. Stop running your mouths and fight. <laughs> and that's really okay. it. That's really right. the thing. Like, because the thing is, I've never seen two dudes, and Jared, you, you've been around this for way longer. And Jason, if I'm missing someone, let me know. I've never, in my, uh, to, to my memory, to my memory right now, I've never seen two guys constantly say we want to fight and never sign a contract ever in my entire life. Never have contract, nothing. It is like two guys, it's like, hey, yo, Jace, I'm going to beat you up, yo. I hate you. And Jace goes, yo, pride, you a piece of garbage. I hate you. Fall down some stairs. I go, Jace, stub your toe. We talk. It's getting hot, Jared. It's getting hot. Jared's promoter. He goes, all right, bet. Let's get you out of fight. I go, you know what? Ah, oh, my knees feel me. I got what my- weight class? I don't know if I can make yeah, 180. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean? My, I got leprosy. I got leprosy. <laughs> I'm gonna take some time out for mental health. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, don't even get me started because a lot of people throw that out just as like a vacation. That gets me sick to my stomach. But again, that's neither here nor there. I'm a psych major too. I feel like a lot of times I can tell the difference between the person that's having some mental health issues, uh, Simone Biles. Yes. You know, where there's really something going mm-hmm. on versus Ryan Garcia, where there's probably not. There, there's nothing at all. And you just, instead of wanting to have the the perception of you pulling out of a fight, you just go, oh yeah, mental health. Like that, that drives me nuts. But y'all both running out mouth. His balls got the twisties. Yeah. Yo, Jared, Jared, the fight is going to happen in two months, right? It's going to happen in two months. However, three months ago, Garcia woke up at 2.57 in the morning. He went to brush his teeth. His water tasted a slightly bit different, which then led to lead poisoning. And while he was trying to go to the hospital, he stubbed his toe on the doorway, which is going to have him dead by the time the fight comes. He's going to magically resurrect the night after this is the type of excuses this kid's coming up with. It's so elaborate that I just got to give him a haircut. I got to be like, hey, yo, good job on that stuff. And then Davis, it's not even him making excuses. The dude is literally shooting himself in the foot. Jace, imagine this. Hey, yo, Jace, me and you, we're going to fight. Let me go crash a car. What are you doing, John Jones? Oh, wait, I'm Thanks, sorry. There's a different guy. Next time I need to, next time I call out of work, I'm just going to Google canceled Ryan Garcia fights. And I'll have a whole list of excuses, some elaborate stuff to use to get. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it's them two. And then in terms of the UFC, this is one fight I hope I see. And I hope I'm blessed. I don't think we we'll actually will see it. John Jones versus Cyril Gone. I want to see, because John Jones wants to go to heavyweight. I want to see, can you handle heavyweight? Can you handle it? Because supposedly, he, and when he does his, um, his entire training camp, he, that's all he rolls with. When he does his training camps, he rolls with heavyweight. However, Cyril gone. That dude is born different, built different, lives different, is different. I've never seen a dude that size that had that can take you on the floor and move like a featherweight, got movement like a middleweight. It's wild. Like, imagine Stephen Wonderboy Thompson now somehow blow him up. And Cyril Gunn has that same awkward little sideways style, which again, for a big man, he can do it the entire fight, which is wild. I said two years ago, that's the next great UFC heavyweight champion, Cyril Gunn. If you said it two years ago, uh, Jared, 100%, let me know who's going to be the next great guy now so I can put some money on him. Because goddamn, if you called it, that, oh my goodness, you, you. I called Justin Gagey four fights before he got to the UFC. 
Yo, Jared, uh, Jared, you want, we want to exchange, exchange some info because there's some money <laughs> right now. Yo, this is this is wild. I feel pretty good. Man, like Cyril gone. I like him, and I genuinely believe that there's one guy in the heavyweight. Because I'll be honest, in light heavyweight, I genuinely believe John Jones will be everyone. Because I just think a lot of those fighters are just, you know, they're not, they don't have enough dimensions to handle a guy like. John I can't Jones. have that. Yeah. I can't have that. I don't know who John Jones is as a fighter, you know even what? as a human a being. Point. I have no and, idea who this guy is. It's all I so mean, vague. I mean, you know what? You you actually do have a good point because. For all we know, he can come back and be a shell of himself. Because not only because of the layoff, for all we know, he can't handle heavyweight. For all we know, I mean. But I, I'll be honest: if you want him to succeed, if you want John Jones to really be that guy, he's gonna have to fight one of the top dudes. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Uncle Dana's gonna, you know, Uncle Dana's gonna hold his hand and say, "Come on, John." And he's like, "Oh, by the way, I tested positive. We'll sweep it under the rug, Brock Lesnar. Sorry, yeah. sorry. That's the yeah. other guy that we've been. You gotta stop bringing him to Vegas." Honestly, at some point, yeah, let me say one thing. Let me go on a quick rant before Jace, I give it to you. At some point, you guys have 1,378 million freaking venues. Why do y'all keep bringing John Jones to Vegas when you know the dude can't handle? What are we doing here? Every single time John Jones goes to Vegas, swear to God, the local jail literally already has John Jones cell prep. It's not Vegas. It's not Vegas we should leave John Jones out of. It's the UFC and these conversations that we should leave John Jones out of, if you ask me. I have no idea who that guy is. I don't know what you're talking about. John who? The only Jones I know is Jerry Jones. That's the only, that's the only, that's the only Jones I know. The real Jay Jones. <laughs> if, 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 if I'm allowed to, for me, those would be... I'd fight him. I'll fight him right now today. I don't know what I'm getting. I mean, no, uh, I'm going to tell this right now. I'll, I'll fight John Jones right now. 100%. You give me, yo, Dana, you give me five mil, I'll take a punch. I might die. But if I live, that's five million. I, again, I may be dead. But again, if I live, five million, I, th I think I'll be all right with some brain damage. I'm already stupid. So there's not like he's knocking much out anyway. You ask for five dollars. The promotions around it and ads around it, and you're going to pull that five million in. Ask for five bucks. Bing bong. Straight up, <laughs> they gonna have me talking like that, dude. Who the president? Byron. That's how John knows gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> still be good. By the way, honorable mention. Honorable mention. Um, I have a gauntlet that I want um Aljamain Sterling to run. Um, I people clearly know I'm not a fan of Aljamain Sterling. Uh, him and I, we have a very complicated relationship. And what I mean by complicated, he wants me to love him, and I hate him with every fiber of my being. Um, basically, he's like one of my exes, right? They want me back, and I'm like, hey, yo, I hope you stub your toe every morning when you go to get breakfast. I hope you run out of toothpaste. I hope you poop, and there's no toilet paper. This I hope all of Ryan Garcia's excuses really happened to you. 100%. 100%. So I, this is what I hope. And again, I, I got this written down. So I want Elgin Sterling to use the Piotr Young. After that... I want Dana White to say, hey, Sterling, you, you want another chance at the belt? You're going to say yes. I go, okay. You fight TJ Dillashaw. I want TJ Dillashaw juiced up to the freaking gills again. We EPO in this dude to the point that if he bleeds, no blood comes out. Straight drugs. Straight drugs. <laughs> That's what we're doing with TJ. We're juicing this dude's up. Powder. Yo, you're going to see the difference. He's going to look like this. He's going to be foaming at the mouth, and we're going to have him beat the mess out of him. We're going to throw him in there with Corey Sanhagen. I'm going to be like, hey, yo, Corey, if you lose, you're getting released. Like, not even a bigger fire under him, have him get Molly Wap. After that, Rob Font, guess what? More drugs, 
more knockout, get him out of here. Guess what? Bing bong, F your career, get him out of here after that. Four oh, fight losing streak, and ain't no one gonna want him by the time I'm done with him. So that's my honorable mention, the Aljamain Sterling um, gauntlet that will get him out because I'm sick and tired of him taking pictures with the belt in his fridge. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> Uh, I got I got a couple here too, and I'm sure Jace could give you all of them. Jace would tell you all three. My Chris, my Christmas list consists of Virgil Ortiz Jr. beating Bud Crawford, Savannah Marshall beating Clarissa Shields, and Arthur. But huh? You are not a Clarissa Shields fan. Every time I come on, you're like, I can't wait till she loses. Savannah Marshall will bust her ass. Savannah Marshall would beat up Clarissa Shields. It's why she went to MMA. She ran to MMA to get away from Savannah Marshall the same way, fight three, the same way Canelo Alvarez ran from light heavyweight to get away from Artur Baturbiev, who will kick his ass. Savannah Marshall beats Shields. Baturbiev beats Canelo. That's my end. Ortiz beats Crawford. That's my Christmas list. It is not Errol Spence. Errol Spence puffed up to 154 pounds on his way out of the auditorium last week. It's not Errol Spence. Virgil Ortiz Jr. is the guy that's going to beat Bud Crawford. Jared, I cannot stand you. You said he puffed up to 154. He he put on seven pounds on his way out of the... On his way out of the stadium, put on set. I'm not fighting that dude. Nope. He sat down at 147, walked out at 154. I watched it. He looked bigger when he was leaving. Oh, yeah, this, that's funny. So, I, I will say Clarissa Shields has decided to come back to boxing, right? She vacated all her junior middleweight. She's looking to – she's looking for – Tell her I said Savannah Unana. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> But uh, all right, for me, I, I mean, you, know, you, Jared, you got to know the, the the top one on my list. I've talked about it for a while now. The greatest takedown artist in MMA, Khabib, comes out of retirement to take down the greatest defense, the greatest, the man with the greatest takedown defense ever in Kamara Usman. I, I know that's a fever dream. I know it's probably not going to happen. But that that has to be the top. That has to be the tippy top of my list. Then for boxing, I, I know it isn't what it used to be. It could have been a lot bigger and a lot greater. But in Wembley Arena, Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. As long as that's in England, that's going to be a fantastic fight. And everyone's going to get into it. You're going to be hearing the whole crowd singing Sweet Caroline and all that stuff. It's going to be a great, great fight. Mm. And then I got one more. One more. This is – I'm not even going to call it a fight. It might not even get into a ring or octagon. Oh, it might get into a ring. But, I I mean, talk about entertainment. Talk about a fight that would sell – Great, Jared. He's gonna pitch Jake Paul versus Jace. Jesus Christ! No, no. <laughs> I would love to. I defend Jake Paul. No, but I mean, you brought it up earlier, uh, Pride. John Jones versus Brock Lesnar. Juice him the fuck up. 
Let him just fight. So you're talking. Okay. Then carry over to the WWE, and then you can make even more money about it. I so I just so when you're saying that fight that has no ramifications on rankings or nothing. No, we're just gonna get two guys who already do drugs, give them permission to do drugs, and then just let the Rockheads just go in the octagon and just bang heads. I'm telling you, I would I would supply them. I'll supply them with with steroids. Brock, what do you want, my guy? He don't need me because he already has a guy, as you see. I I love bringing this up all the time. Um, The UFC let him be literally half drugs, half man against poor Mark Hunt. I feel so bad. (laughs) No, but I'll be honest with you, Jace. The Habib versus Kamara Usman, will it happen? Probably not. But that does tickle me in a good way. It tickles me in a good way because all uh, paper sounds good. Like, I'm see like, it, yeah. It, 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 it would tickle, <clears throat> tickle, tickle. And then Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury in London. It's not the same because you know, yeah, you know, uh, Anthony Joshua has this weird fascination with losing when you know your next fight is literally phenomenal. He's got this weird knack of doing that. But I, like you said, I think in. In Wembley, I don't think that matters. I, th- I think I think I think Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury can go both go on six fight lo- losing. Can't fight. happen though. Who's Usyk fighting? I mean, fuck them. Most of these won't happen. Most of these. Yeah. Won't happen, oh no, they won't. No, they but won't. that one, you can't just cut Usyk out and. Oh no, you can. Uh, these two fight each other. No, you can. No, well, no. If anything, it's more doable now because you don't have to protect the champion, right? If you're and who's fight. Usyk fighting? I, you want to know the truth? Billion White. I mean, I would. Arthur Baturbiev. Hey, honestly, those two guys at light heavyweight is one of the best fights you can make in boxing right now. Arthur Baturbiev and uh, Alexander Usyk. They fought three times in the amateurs. Yep. Uh, Usyk won two out of three of them. Baturbiev beat him. One of the only guys that beat him in the amateurs. It's a great and, fight. Right, and that, and that 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 that's really much to go to um to Jason's point. They're like Usyk isn't screwed if you know if if they uh if Fury and um and Joshua decide to fight he's not really screwed out of an opponent because you know there's still some guys in that division that he could fight you know what I mean because again how do we do, let's be honest I mean Anthony Joshua he might want to rematch maybe I don't know I don't if I'm him Usyk will beat him again I mean I was about to say the way I saw it I don't think that was like a fluke what happened with Andy Ruiz. I think Usyk is just a better fighter. That's just Usyk. You have to be about two fifty and maul that guy like a bear. You have to Tyson Fury Usyk, or you're not going to be able to beat him. Uh, Joshua's style is completely wrong for Usyk. Yep, because he lets you outbox him if you can. Most people can't, but if you can, he lets you, and Usyk can. And 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 it kind of goes to your point, um, Jared, when. Anthony Joshua, if you outbox him, he doesn't know what to do then. There's no plan B. There's the, exactly. There's a, he's almost he it, like his his style reminds me a lot of uh, Deontay Wilder, and I don't mean in the terms of the fighting style. It's just more along the lines of Plan A is my best chance. After that, there is no Plan B. There is no like, chance. Yeah, I, I don't have any backup. So what I'm doing round one needs to work for me round nine. You know, in those championship rounds. It needs to work for me at that time as well because versus the great ones, 
right, versus Tyson the great Fury. ones. Like the, Tyson the, Fury, who can put you down. Like, look, Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury, Bud time. Crawford. Yes. Making a, Loma, making adjustments during the fights. Canelo Alvarez, even though, you know. Yeah. Slug, these guys aren't slow starters. They're right. making adjustments during the fight for the person that they're fighting. Exactly. So they'll give you the first few rounds. Like, for instance, like Tyson, like Tyson Fury, when he fought um, Wilder, I knew he was going to get knocked out. We knew when when you have the the blessing that Wilder has with that, you're gonna put you're gonna knock him down. The problem for Wilder was when he gets up, what's your backup plan? He didn't have one, and he kept trying to throw it. And especially after like the the, the second time in the last fight, he put him down a second time, and and Wilder's literally just like, oh that was it, oh 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 that was it, oh bro look I'll give you I'll be honest you caught me. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rocked. Are you done? Like, like that kind of was really what it was. And that's kind of what put, you know, Wilder in this awkward position where he didn't know what to do. There was no plan B. And that's the same thing with Anthony Joshua. He tried, he does his whole, like, you know, if you outbox him, he doesn't go, huh, maybe I should try counterpunching a little bit, you know, let him come to me. Maybe I should try moving. He doesn't do Go forward. If right, Anthony like, Joshua made a dedicated decision to move forward and, and hang on Usyk, it was a winnable fight for him. And he doesn't know how to fight like that. Not only would have been winnable, I'm going to tell you this. If he goes forward, I say the seventh round. If he goes forward then, we're having a completely different conversation. Totally different Because the fight. problem that Anthony Joshua had was he was starting to become tentative, and Usyk was just like, bro, this is your king? You're in for a long night, kid. Yeah, long night. <laughs> and, and that's really what it ended up sure. being. And, you know, but, I mean, uh, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury in Wimbledon, I think I think it'll be good, especially considering Usyk could either, A, take, take a little break, they've done that before, or, B, there's plenty of other guys he himself can fight. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to want Tyson. He's going to want He's gonna want Fury. I don't know if Fury would want him, but I know I know, I know. know Usyk is going to want Fury. Cause yeah, that's, that's the fight good. to make. Right, right now, that would be the fight to make, so. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, let's not act like everyone's jumping on that fight because you know Eddie Hearn doesn't want that to happen. He wants to protect his belts, and I mean, Fury as of right now, I mean, he he might be re- retired at this point. I mean, he I know he's spoken about it since since the Wilder fight, uh, about like his drive and that stuff. So I know he did know. say he wanted to fight somebody. It might have been Joshua. I know he said Yusuf he wanted to fight somebody else. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to say, Yusek becomes a new Tyson Fury. Where, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, how we look at Tyson Fury, he's like, oh, my God, he's so great. And then there's everyone else. I think Yusek becomes that guy. This is another guy, Jace, that I always talked about from the very beginning. Yeah. Yusek. But, uh, but never thought he would move up to heavyweight and didn't think he'd be big enough to compete if he did. I knew he'd outbox everybody there, but... Uh, so yeah, this is another guy I had my eye on because of his amateur pedigree. Yeah, uh, but Turbiev hasn't really got his name out of the way. Some of these others that I that I've predicted have, but you wait. I had five on that list, and uh, a couple of them are on the way. Real quick, J- real quick, Jason, before we move on, Jared, you talking about how you had your eye on him? Can I borrow your eye because you see things that are phenomenal? <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm gonna need to start like taking your. I'm pretty sure that when like. I'm pretty sure I could take his eyes, and I'm all of a sudden seeing through people's cars in the casino. I'm racking it all in. <laughs> Let me your eyes just for one weekend, my guy. Oh, I count cards. I count cards. I'd blow your mind with a deck and of cards. why am I not surprised? 
Why? Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, get into the fights tonight and, and or this weekend, we should say. Let's take a break. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So. I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is people over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Devin Haney will defend his WBC lightweight title against Joseph Jojo Diaz Jr., the WBC interim lightweight champion at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada on Saturday night. Let's break it down. Joseph Jojo Diaz, 29 years old. He's five foot six with a 64-inch reach and a record of 31-1-1 with 15 knockouts. From South El Monte, California, Diaz took up boxing to learn self-defense and began his amateur career at 14 years old, going on to become a two-time national champion, defeating Oscar Valdez and making it to the 2012 Summer Olympics, where he was defeated by Cuba's Lazario Alvarez. He turned pro in December of the same year, scoring a unanimous decision over Vicente Martinez. Over the next three years, he amassed a record of 19-0 with 11 knockouts before blowing out Hugo Partida in two rounds for the NABF featherweight title. He defended that belt seven times, scoring decisions over Jason Velez and Manuel Avila and knockouts over Andrew Concio and Victor Torres before challenging Gary Russell Jr. for the WBC featherweight title, losing by a wide unanimous decision. He bounced back three months later with a decision over Jesus Rojas, and after defeating Charles Huerta, he scored a seventh-round knockout of Freddy Fonseca to claim the vacant WBA gold super featherweight title. On January 30th, 2020, he pulled off a major upset when he defeated champion Tevin Farmer by unanimous decision for the IBF super featherweight title. His success was short-lived, however, when he attempted to make his first title defense against the unheralded Shavkat Rock Himov. He showed up nearly 40 pounds overweight, getting stripped of his belt and fined $100,000 before fighting to a majority draw. Following that debacle, he moved up to lightweight, where he put on a dominant performance against Javier Fortuna, winning by unanimous decision to gain the vacant interim WBC championship. A southpaw pressure fighter, Diaz has an iron jaw and a solid jab that he uses to set up a vicious body attack. Devin Haney's 23 years old. He's 5'8 with his 71-inch reach and a record of 26-0 with 15 knockouts. From Oakland, California, 
Haney started boxing at the age of eight and by 17 and won seven national titles, becoming the youngest boxer to win the youth world championships. He amassed an amateur record of 138 and eight, including three losses and three wins over Ryan Garcia before turning pro in 2015 with a first round TKO. He quickly went 19 and 0 with 14 knockouts before picking up his first belt, the IBF North American lightweight title with a 10 round unanimous decision over Juan Carlos Burgos. The following year, he added the vacant international belt with a decision over Zolazani Indongeni and defended it once, knocking out Antonio Moran with a powerful overhand right. In his next fight, he took on Zayur Abdulev for the vacant WBC interim title as the WBC promoted Vasily Lomachenko to franchise champion. After four rounds, Abdulev's corner stopped to fight to spare a more punishment and in November of 2019 defended that belt with a unanimous decision over Alfredo Santiago. He injured his shoulder in that fight requiring surgery and didn't return to the ring for a year until he took on former champion Yoriokis Gamboa, winning by a lopsided unanimous decision. On May 29, 2021, he took on former three-time champion Jorge Linares dominating most of the fight and surviving a vicious combination in the tent to secure the decision in his toughest fight to date. A slick boxer with good head movement and fast hands, Haney fights in a style similar to Floyd Mayweather's holding his left hand low and using a snapping jab to set up his combinations while avoiding staying in the pocket for too long. Will the strength and pressure of Diaz be enough to wear down Haney, or will the dream dominate with his speed and defense as he eyes a showdown with new champion George Cambosis for undisputed gold. Tune in Saturday night for Haney versus Diaz. Should be interesting. Uh, I will say I think Haney gets it done. But I will also say that Cambosis versus Haney, I actually like Cambosis a lot. Because last last uh, Haney fight, I mean, when uh, Linares was getting it on and putting it on him at the end, it, it was really the, the hook that, that set it all up for him. Haney's really great when it's at dodging stuff when it's coming straight down the middle. But when it's, like, coming off to the side, the, he struggles. And that's where Linares took advantage of in the last fight. Cambosis, he was hitting uh, Tiafimo Lopez with that left hook all fight, and, and he was dominating with that whenever Tiafimo came in. So I, I think Cambosis versus Haney, I actually like Cambosis in that fight, but I do expect Haney to get it done, continue to do what he's been doing uh, throughout his time at lightweight here with Jojo Diaz. How you see this fight going, Jed? Oh, I like Haney too. I think it's a closer fight than the numbers suggest, but I think you have to take Haney. These guys are so creative about not getting their young champions in trouble. Uh, if you look at Diaz's career, he's he spent a lot at uh, 25 and then 29, uh, uh, 130, fought out for a while and then came up. Uh, missed 130, weighed in at 133, and then moved up to 135 one fight ago. Devin Haney's been at 135 the whole time and mm -hmm. does a good job cutting weight, hasn't mm -hmm. missed. 
He's uh, He puffs up a little bit, so he should be the bigger guy, which is what Jojo Diaz has done his whole career, is rehydrated, push the weight class, and be the bigger guy. So I think he's going to be the smaller guy, and I think Haney's going to be the better boxer. Uh, so, yeah, I, I say Haney. I say Haney probably by decision. I don't think he can stop Diaz, but it's closer than people think. Haney ends up in trouble. I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I think, I, think, I think it will be a UD. Um, however, I, I, a lot of people are saying Diaz doesn't have a chance, and I'm like, all right, cool. Then put your put put as much money as you want on him. It is what it is, you know. Uh, I do think um, Diaz has it. I think he has a legit chance. I'm not saying that he oh he has maybe. I think he has a legit chance to win. Um, I do like Diaz. However, um, I think right now it's Haney's time. I have him. Um, I expect him to you know work on the outside. You know he's got he's got he's got a lot of a, little, a lot of tools in his tool belt. You know what I mean. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what he chooses to do. Um, but Jace, to your point, because you said you expect, um, you know, you got Cabosas, uh, you have, you think you, he has a legit chance against uh, Haney. I think this fight with Diaz is closer than Hanley would have with Cabosas. That's just me. I think this fight is way closer. I think if, if he, if, if uh, Hanley beat, well, not if, because I believe he will, when he beats Diaz, I think at this point, it's just a super highway to unify. Hey, I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think it's just a super highway. Maybe to who for Hanley to unify to unify because yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, I think this Diaz fight is going to be tougher for Hanley than the Combosis fight. Okay, that's fair. So but, that's uh, why I'm saying if he gets to Diaz, I think that's a super highway. That's mm, just that's just how I feel about clear it. Clear path, yeah, yeah, it'll just be uh -huh. an easy path. He just like Hanley just cannot screw himself over, and I don't think he will. Uh -huh. So, but, uh, um, I got Hanley here, and I, I got him. I totally agree, Sander. Right. Totally agree with that comment. Uh, he, he does, but that brings up the question. We're, we're talking a lot about lightweights. Who is the best lightweight right now in boxing? Okay. Oh, God, it's not Tank. <laughs> mm, God. It's still got to be Loma, though. Who do right? you like? Loma? Ah, it probably. Oh, I do. God. I do like. I do like Loma. Before I give it to him, though, I do want to see him come back because I want to see. Because again, I don't think he lost against Lopez, but I need to see him come back and see what he bounced back. Because in Jared, you know, there have been a lot of times where that one fighter thought he won, and it's the, it's the tailspin. It's the beginning of the end because they just can't accept it. Will that happen with Loma? I don't think so. But in order for me to know, I'm going to need to see Loma in the ring. I'm going to need to see him to do something. And for me, man, again, I, like I said, I don't think so. I think he'll be all right. Um, in terms of, because I, I got the, um, the lightweight rankings. Hold on, let me get there because I'm very curious to see who they would have because they have oh uh, no well they uh, on box rec they have loma and then combosos and then lopez diaz haney yes so uh combosos be lopez diaz is fighting haney it's it is still lomo i will give you my honorable mention to your early name off of this list 
It's William Zapata. Guy's a monster. Keep yeah, an say, eye out for this say, kid. Say that name one more time. William <laughs> William Zapata. Z e p e d a Zapata. That's your that's your way too early next guy in that division. Look out, William Zapata, monster. And watch and Jace. Now that I'm involved with this, watch him all of a sudden become a bust. Watch. Watch. The one time I go, okay, yep, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket, is when the guy's going to be like, oh, wait, probably believes in me. Yeah, I'm retiring. Watch. And losing six straight. And and then, yeah, it's going to happen, and Jerry's going to look at me like, look here. I am never giving you another name. The first time that's ever happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, um, so – because you, you looked at box rack. I'm, I've been very curious at how ESPN ranked them. Um, box have- rack actually uses uh, an algorithm called ELO, which is how they rank chess players. So those numbers are – that's the only yeah, place you're going to find numbers that are based on math. Math and legit. No, no. no it's the ratings on box rack. People say – not because people say on ESPN it's wild sometimes, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So they have Combosas tied for one. With uh, Lomachenko. They're both at one. Then you got Tank at three, Hanley at four, Lopez at five, Garcia at six, Diaz at seven, Jorge Linares at eight, Richard Kami at nine, and then Javier Fortuna at ten. So, William Zapata will beat most of the guys on that list right now today. You know what? Mark my words. Just the way you're hyping him up, right here, right now, he's cleaning out the division. Let's go all the way, Jerry. Let's go. We can't leave. Let's go all the way. He's cleaning out the division. Clean it out. He's cleaning out the division. You come up behind Haney and take all those belts. <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, Watch. Like, yeah. Side. I'm not shocked at all. Haney takes all the belts and then loses them to Zapata. I would not be shocked at all. Wow. Uh, I will I will say that this division is very, very weird because I there's so much talent. And none of them are fighting each other. It's so weird. Right? It's so. It, I will tell you that it is extremely bizarre. Like, like it's frustrating. Like when heavyweight was the big three, and you had Fury, Joshua, Wilder. They're all fighting. Like they had a. Fight they there. weren't fighting, and I mean, I, I guess like the, the you had all each each one was with a different promotion. These guys are all intertwined somehow, one way or another. They all have connections, but they're just not fighting. So it's weird. We'll get back. Oh, some things I hate to say here. Uh, Sander, yeah. Yeah, watch out for Mike Williams. He's very good. I'm not sure he's the great upper echelon fighter that he's been uh, broadcast as. I think some of that's local stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens with the hype. Um, but his competition's been good. That said, he's not one of these guys just fighting nobodies with really, really bad records and no numbers behind him. Uh, Mike Quan Williams, he's worth keeping an eye on. A uh, personal friend of mine, really, really good fighter. One of the best we've got in the state. And yeah, a name worth knowing, but <clears throat> I'm not sure he's going to be able to get over that hump just because of his fighting style. Not a huge puncher, you know, he's... A, he does a lot of things really good. He's not dazzling. He's the Robert Ory of that division. You know, he's just getting the job done over and over, which I, I like. I like the kid and have a lot of respect for him. He does a lot in the community. He does like backpack drives for the kids out there that are struggling. Awesome, awesome human being. Mike Quan Williams. Jace, I, I wish someone would call me the Robert Horry. 
of anything. Seven rings? Goddamn Robert Horry. He got seven chips. I'll do that. The backup's backup. Yeah, bro. Like, you know what? I'll be Robert with pleasure. With pleasure. Well, and Mike wants another story. Sanders apparently close with Mikey, but that's another story on where it's. His father was shot when he was a little kid and six, seven years old. He, he wanders into a boxing gym and he's, this is another individual who professes that the, the sports, the sport and the discipline changed his life and brought him to a place he wouldn't be without it. It's, a, it's yet another example of somebody making a way because of the sport of boxing. Yes, sir. Prince Tech. Yes, sir. No, that's why, that's why, um, that's why I freaking. Um, I have a, I, I'm honestly, when my kids grow up, when they like it out, they're going to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't care. There's actually, I'm actually blessed enough to be five minutes away from a studio. I actually did the consultation, right? I thought, I thought it was going to be, bro, I felt so great. Jared, 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 all right? Right? See, when I say her name three times like that, you know it's going to be followed by some stupidity I did, right? So <laughs> I walk in there and I'm seeing them rolling and I'm just like, oh, this is easy. It's gonna be cake, right? Someone heard me say that. That's why I fucked up. And, and <laughs> it, was, it was a chick. It was a chick who was shorter than me, and like half my weight. No exaggeration. No exaggeration. It, basically, if imagine the most anti-Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu person in the world. Okay. Now cut them in half. Now shrink their weight. Give them long blonde hair and a ponytail, and then make it a female. Put her in there, and that's what I'm looking at, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, it's gonna be a breeze. Jared, I never got fucked up so fast in my entire life, Jared. I was <laughs> I wasn't even embarrassed either. I wasn't embarrassed. At the end, she like, I'm just laying there, like, just 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 like you know what? I lost. And she goes, Oh, you think it was gonna be easy? And I was like, I apologize for disrespecting you. Got up and I tried, <laughs> I tried to walk out, and they were like, No, no, you're fine. They were like, at least you didn't call her anything crazy or nothing. I was like, look, man, I'm like, it's all good. I just wanted to be a clown. You know, I wanted to see this because look, I'll be honest. When you watch Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it looks easy. It looks easy. Now, I think where I messed up, I I came to find out the people that were rolling were the instructors, and they had some downtime, and they were rolling with each other just to kill time in between classes. So I'm looking at black belts, and turns out that's why they made it look so easy. Meanwhile, I'm out here so beltless. I'm walking in there with sagging pants. I went to somebody and like I don't even know what belt she was. I didn't even ask. I didn't even ask. I was already embarrassed because I was like, with my luck, she's gonna say, Oh yeah, I don't even have a belt. I'm I'm part of the intro class with my luck, right? So I just walked out, but goddamn, I'm telling you, like when it comes to like anything, anything just like you know, karate, taekwondo, BJJ, boxing, like combat sport, that is something like the reason I think it actually helps people so much is you can actually exert all the negative energy you have in you in a place where it's allowed. Like you're allowed to do it. So it's not like, you know, you kind of, you know, got to go and punch a wall or something. Cause last time I punched the wall, you know, wall, you know, he, you won. We, we got a rematch. We'll see what happens. Um, I, try, I try to do it with my head one time. I have this scar up here. Oh yeah. I can't see it. Thank God. I, I, I try to bash my head through a wall. Um, yeah, yeah, remember Jerry, remember early when I said if I fought John Jones, 
I'm not smart, so I wouldn't lose anything. Yeah, so boop, I hit my head on the wall, split open, and I was just. You like, said my name three times right before you did that, huh? <laughs> and, 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 and if I listen, Jace, you too. If I say your name three times, guess what? It's gonna be followed by some stupid stuff I done did. Just keep that. Can you mind. can you put that link up, Jace? I got a quick story to tell. Let's send you a link. Now, when I was, I think, 19, I've been boxing uh, for five years, on and off, never really taking it seriously. But I'm like, I'm going to go in and take this shit seriously. And I walk into a gym and I'm like, Psh. you know, had my share of street fights, learned the basics when I was 14, 15. Now I'm ready, right? Something to get in there. Oh, yeah, you ready to fight? Yeah, I've had a bunch of fights, you know, did some boxing when I was younger. I was literally that guy. Yeah. So this is Joey. This is Joey's professional record. So I was about 19 and Joey was about 14. And they say, you want to spar today? I said, yeah, sure. They said, hey, Joey, wrap your wrists up. And little Joey <laughs> slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> Bro. I, he couldn't hit me with anything that hurt, but I couldn't hit this kid at all. He fought, go, go down to the bottom. You look, he started his career with a couple wins against guys who with no good records. Now start looking at those undefeated fighters. Check out their 20 and 0, 22-0, 9-0, 12-1, 2-0, 4-0, 14-2, 5-0, 6-0, 14-0. He fought like 20, 30 undefeated fighters. Horrible management. Finished 11-37. and And when I was 19 years old and he was 14, dusted me off well. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is little I Joey. Would, <laughs> I would I would 100% if I was younger, right? And you came up to me you said little Joey, not only am I going to go fight him, Jared, I might lose worse than you. I might I might lose worse than you. I might I might like I'll be honest with you, like just the way you're describing it. You know what? I'm being a pacifist. That's it. We're going all the way. Fuck it. I'm a pacifist. I don't hurt anyone. I'm <laughs> like one love. I'm a hug, go hug a tree or something. Like, hey, yo, wait, listen, bro. If I ever got, I'm telling you right now, if I ever get beat up that bad, if I ever tell you guys fighting is barbaric, just know I recently got beat up bad. I'll tell you, <laughs> that was bad. the last time I ever underestimated anybody. And even so, like, I wanted to fight bigger, stronger, heavyweight Lawrence Claybay because nothing bad could happen. Because it's a it's a it's a 240 pound heavyweight and people are going, damn, that silver medalist kicked your ass. Oh, you got beat up by Chad Dawson. Nobody's ever said that to me. Nobody's ever picked on me for getting my ass kicked by Chad Dawson. But when a girl with Down syndrome walks over and goes, You wanna borrow a little bit? Don't go. Whoa. Yeah, I'm gonna whoop it. Cause if by some chance <laughs> I get serious. She lands something. You have some serious explaining to do. I, I turned my <laughs> oh gosh! I turned my whole operation from. I never want to underestimate and target somebody weaker. I want to target the bigger, stronger because I want to be the girl with Down syndrome. That when I land something, everybody goes, "Holy shit!" You see that body shot? That guy won an Olympic medal. And Jared just put him down. I want to be that one. Yeah, and whenever we pick teams, my little brother tried to take all the best players. And I'd take the smaller, the weaker, whatever it was, because you're supposed to win. You're supposed to strike everybody out. You get no points for that. Hey, so, 
But I, I mean, I, I will say UFC won, right? <laughs> when uh, the Braves were putting it together, they had this big dude, like six foot, six pack abs. Uh, I can't remember if it was Helson or Heeman Gracie. Uh, undefeated. He said to have 400, it was like 400 and 0 in Brazil. But they picked Hoist to be the, the representative oh, for yeah, them yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was smaller. Mm-hmm. And, and to showcase it, because I mean that that's what BJJ that, was. But it's it was uh, yeah. supposed that's to, yeah, awesome to make story. the yeah, to uh, your point, Jace, David beat the Goliath. Yeah, because to your point, Jace, like at the time when people thought of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, they didn't think of like a big strapping young man. Like when you thought Brazilian jiu-jitsu, did you think of Tank Abbott? Like that's not who you thought about. You didn't think about no Ken Shamrock. You didn't think about Tito Ortiz, Triple Dell. You didn't think of any of these guys. You looked at a guy. Like Hoist Gracie, who literally looks like my uncle, who literally looks like he goes, Oye Chico. Like, that's what Hoist Gracie looked like. Hoist just looked like, and it's funny because every time he went to, he went and fought, he always looked the same way, bored. He was just like, Can I just, I just want to grapple. That's really it. And like back then, you knew a guy was skilled in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu when he came out fighting like this. Like that little weird little, you know, that weird style where it's kind of just like, grr, we're, we're men in the 90s, or grr. Like that's how, that's how really they fought. And you just knew they were just waiting just to grapple you and just to take you to the down and work the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it, it was, it, like, woo. Yeah. Uh, how much do you guys know about Helio? Um, I think he's one, is, is he the youngest? He's the no. father. He's the dad, yeah. Oh, he's the pops? He's the old man? Yeah. He's the Did he have – now he had something, right, Jace? Is it sickle cell? All right, so yeah. listen. This guy's got like 12 brothers. They're all 6'2", 240. And he's 5'8", 155. He's the runt. And he's got sickle cell or something. And he starts trying to find ways when they're fighting to isolate single limbs. As opposed to fighting the whole person because it was the only uh, Ilio, the godfather of jiu-jitsu. Exactly. And that's why he had 11, 12, 13 brothers and was half their size with sickle cell and had to find a way to keep up. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu was kind of born from that. So when it came time to select one of his nine sons to go represent it in the UFC... He's like, this works because the smallest guy can beat the biggest guy. And if we send the biggest guy, nobody's going to get the point. So we yeah. send the smallest guy and he beats everybody 11-0 for four straight UFCs and is the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. But uh, speaking of UFC, let's get back to the fight with a big bantamweight main event in the UFC fight night tonight. As Rob Font takes on Jose Aldo. UFC Vegas 44 Font versus Aldo features a bantamweight bout between Rob Font and two-time UFC featherweight champion Jose Aldo is the main event. Let's break it down. Rob Font is 34 years old. He's five foot eight with his 71 and a half inch reach and a record of 19 and four with eight knockouts and four submissions. 
Familia Minster, Massachusetts. Fon got a late start in MMA, taking up Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in his late teens before becoming an amateur in 2009. He compiled a record of 3-1 and one before making his pro debut in 2011, winning by a first-round armbar submission. He lost his second fight by decision, but then won his next nine, five by stoppage, before making his UFC debut in 2014, knocking out George Roop with a perfectly timed counter-right cross. After knocking out Joey Gomez, he dropped a unanimous decision to John Lineker, but seven months later came back at the Ultimate Fighter Season 24 finale, dropping Matt Schnell with a knee to the jaw and finishing him with ground and pound. Next, he submitted Douglas Silva de Andrade via a guillotine choke, but was then submitted himself by guillotine by Pedro Munoz at fight night 119. He bounced back quickly, knocking out Thomas Almeida with a head kick, but six months later, he was completely outclassed by Rafael Asuncao, losing by a dominant unanimous decision. He came back with solid wins over Sergio Pettis and Ricky Simon, and in December of 2020, scored one of his most significant victories to that point when he dropped Marlon Marais with an uppercut and finished him with ground and pound. On May 22, 2021, he took on former Bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt, putting on an absolute masterclass and utilizing his jab and footwork to win by a wild unanimous decision. One of the most dangerous strikers in the Bantamweight division, Fon is tied for second for most knockouts in UFC competition in the division behind DJ Dillashaw, and uses exceptionally long reach to keep his opponents at distance while landing 5.58 strikes per minute at a 43% accuracy rate. Jose Aldo's 35 years old. He's 5'7 with a 70-inch reach and a record of 30-7 and seven with 17 knockouts and one submission. From Anus, Brazil, he took up Kepoeta and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a means of self-defense and by 17 had decided to move to Rio to pursue a career in mixed martial arts. On August 10, 2004, he made his professional debut with a first-round head kick knockout of Mario Viola. Over the next five years, he amassed a record of 15-1 with 12 finishes, including a flying knee knockout of Cub Swanson before taking the WEC featherweight title from Mike Brown by second-round knockout. After successful title defenses against Uriah Faber and Manny Gamburian, the WEC merged with the UFC with Aldo becoming the promoter's inaugural featherweight champion making his first defense in April of 2011 with a unanimous decision over Mark Hominick. Over the next three years, he made six more title defenses, including knockouts of the Korean Zombie and Chad Mendez, and decisions over Frankie Edgar and Ricardo Lamas before losing his belt on December 12, 2015, when he was knocked out cold by a counter-left cross from Conor McGregor. He returned the following July to reclaim the interim title from Frankie Edgar by decision, but then in June of 2017, lost the title by knockout to Max Holloway, and six months later was stopped a second time by Holloway in the third round. After bouncing back with knockouts of Renato Moncano and Jeremy Stevens, he won a three-fight losing streak, dropping decisions to Alexander Volkanovsky and Marlon Marias, and then in July of 2020, took on Peter Yan for the vacant Bantamweight title putting up a strong performance against his friend and former sparring partner until Jan finished him in the fifth with a prolonged and brutal ground and pound. After getting back in the win column with a victory over Chito Vera, he put on a vintage performance in August of 2021 against Pedro Munoz, using a superior striking to win by a wide unanimous decision. 
One of the greatest featherweights of all time, Aldo is an explosive Muay Thai-style striker who possesses some of the sharpest boxing skills, the most devastating leg kicks in the game. In a showdown between two high-level strikers, can Fon use his slight size advantage to edge out Aldo and add a living legend to his resume? Or will the king of Rio's vast experience and high work rate prove to be too much as Aldo continues to win his legacy as one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Vegas 44. Fon versus Aldo. Aldo is a legend in this sport. And it's wild seeing kind of like his downfall. He's, it, it, it's all due to him just having too much faith in his hands, in my opinion. I mean, no, no more leg kicks, no more body kicks, not really – Getting the distance with that, like he had did in the past, and just, so my question, like that—that's what we got to figure out here. Because Rob Font, he he might be one of the most underrated boxers in the UFC. He's very very slick. If Jose Aldo comes out and tries to box with Font, it, it's not going to end well. If Jose Aldo goes back to when he dominated the featherweight division and was at the top of, of the UFC's pound for pound list. Using the leg kicks, setting stuff up with his legs, attacking the the lead leg, setting up body kicks and that stuff. Uh, I think Jose Aldo can win pretty convincingly and pretty easily. But uh, I'm just going to go with the more recent. And and I think Font just outclasses him with the hands. And Font just continues to – and he should honestly be next in line probably for – Bantamweight title shot, but Jared, do you see it going similarly? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, I'm not super excited about either one of these guys for anything. Uh, Font's hands. And I think after what McGregor did to Aldo, it's it's time. This might be Aldo's last fight. I like Font. I like Font. Good fight, but I like Font. I don't think Jose's uh, twitch reflexes are what they once were. Yeah. Um, even though they are close in age, um, Jose Elder has more wins than Rob Font has fights. So we're uh, we're looking at the tail end of uh, Jose Aldo. Um, I have to go with Font. And the sad part about it, when I first heard this fight, for three days, I just thought about it. And I was trying to think of every single legitimate way I could see this fight panning out. There's only one I could see. Those elders going to sleep. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to look ugly. It's going to be bad to the point where people are going to question why is Aldo still in the division? Why is he still kind of the same way how we look at Cowboy? Like, bro, you know. It's time. It yes, it's time. Go home. Be with your family. You had a great career. It is what it is. Just ride off into the sunset. That's how That's how I, I literally see it with Jose Aldo. Um, Unless you also want to be the girl with Down syndrome. It's I time. Mean, I mean, if we're going to be honest, I mean, look, and and everyone says this, and this, is, this isn't even conjecture. This isn't even just, you know, maybe or anything. The, what really ruined his career was that loss to Conor McGregor. And it is the first time, again, Jared, Jason, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but it is the first time 
that Jose Aldo didn't fight smart. He fought with emotion when he charged Connor and he wanted to put Connor down because of all the trash talking Connor had did. That was the beginning of the end because in his mind, he was like, you know what? I, he, even though he didn't really do much, he felt like he could strike. Okay. The fight lasted 13 seconds. Although what could you have possibly learned from that, bro? Okay. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, bro, I last longer in bed with my fiance than you did in that fight. Like, but those, those five, to be fair, the five losses since then, Max Holloway twice, Volkanovski who went up, Peter Jan who's the champ, and Marlon Moraes by split decision. It's not like somebody mediocre beat Jose Aldo. Don't get it twisted. I get your point, but I say this. He should have won against Marlon. Why didn't he? Because he went away from what made him great in the division. Like Jay said, he's just all of a sudden he wants to go and run through and knock everybody out in the division. Like every every fight now, he wants a knockout because he wants to prove he can do that. And it's like, although you can have zero knockouts on your resume, it won't matter because you're still getting the wins, brother. You're getting the win. You need the W. No. Exactly. So it's and the way I look at it, it's ridiculous. And the Max Holloway thing, he got knocked out. Both times it was a TKO. And it was just, he kept lunging. He kept lunging. Almost the same thing like he did with Connor. He kept lunging. Like and the same I fight, say, yeah. I, 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 exactly. And I say the second time, when he did it the second time, because he lost to him back to back, when he lost to him the second time, I said, that's a problem because he's not, for a, a guy as smart as Aldo is, he's not making the adjustments. This is a yep. veteran who knows, who understands the game. This isn't a, this isn't an idiot. This isn't me. This isn't this isn't a dumb fuck. This isn't John Jones who can't make good decisions. Jose Aldo can make good decisions. He knows what he's doing, but he didn't want to make the adjustments. The only loss I don't hold against him, the only one, was Alexander Volkanovsky, because I've been screaming. Excuse my French. Alexander Volkanovsky is a fucking savage. I've been screaming that for a while now. So that's the only fight I won't hold against him. That's the only fight I won't hold against him. Piotr Jan? Hey, wrong, no. He he had the opportunity. That's just me. He had, the, and he just uh, of those five of those um, uh, after Connor at the, from those five losses, I blame four of them on him. And it's just the adjustments he had to make. He just wasn't making them, and it, it's it's mm-hmm. unfortunate. And I think yeah, he's coming off a two fight win streak, and everyone's saying, oh my god, it's the return. If he wins, I'll be honest. If Jose Aldo wins, we should give him a title shot just to say thank you. Just give him a title shot. He's gonna get destroyed. Unfortunately, but let's just give him a thank you. Say whoop de doo. You know, thank you for everything you've done. You're a legend of the division. Hundred percent, he's gonna make the Hall of Fame. No debate. There's just no debate with that. He's gonna make the Hall of Fame. And you know, hats off to him. But again, Rob Fire's gonna knock him. He, he's gonna knock him out. And it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be pretty at all. And I'm gonna feel bad. I really am. But again, Jay, uh, Jared, I kind of agree with you. Even though I don't think either one of these guys can hang with the top guys in the division. Yeah, right now, the, yeah. top, the the I don't think they can hang with Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw, or Corey Sanhagen. Both of them will beat the dog shit out of Aljamain Sterling. That one, I might be concerned with. Like, they'll destroy Aljamain Sterling. But Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw, and Corey Sanhagen, do they really have a legit chance against them? I mean, maybe Corey maybe. Sanhagen, because of those yeah. three guys, he's the weakest. But that's kind of like of the big three in the featherweight division. Volkanovski, Max Holloway, and Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega is the weakest. Um, he ain't dog shit. 
Like, he's not horrible. So that's yeah. kind of how I look at it. And I'll be honest, fine. Although, now, Prime Aldo runs through this division. But uh, we're I, talking about Prime Aldo. So. I, I will say, uh, yeah, yeah, I mentioned, like, the kicks and that stuff. I will say if Aldo, Aldo can go on a run here, but what he needs to do is he needs to take a, a little bit of a page out of Glover Teixeira's book. He needs to utilize his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I mean, I mean, he is a stud there on the ground too. And I mean, you saw it in the in the in the Vera fight. He was able to get the back. If he can realize when he's in danger, when the striking's not working, get it to the ground. Uh, I think Aldo can go on a little bit of a run here. But I mean, that's changing up your whole game plan. But I mean, he did change up his whole game plan since that since that Connor fight. So I don't know, maybe. But uh, yeah, I just think the writing's on the wall for him. He he's on the way out, and and Font, Font m- might not be the brightest of futures, but he is he is a future. This he has a future at least. Yeah, Aldo is one or two fights away. Yeah. Honestly, Jace, uh, not Jace, uh, Jared, I would his last two fights shouldn't have happened. And I granted, people are gonna say, oh yeah, because he won, um, you know. You know, because he won, people are gonna say, "Oh yeah, you know he's back." Look, after after that Piotr Jan loss, um, again, obviously it was a knockout. If you saw, if you saw him after that fight, he looked, and I'm not talking about afterwards. I'm talking about like weeks after. He looked so lost, and mentally, he looked mentally checked out. And. He, there was one interview that I saw right after that fight that he actually contemplated retirement. Well, then this is this is a horrible matchup for him. You can't. This guy's too long for you to hold down, and his striking is is too good for you to get inside on. You're gonna do that lunging, and you're gonna get knocked out. I totally agree with you. The under, over under is set at four and a half, and the under is the plus money. I'm taking the under all day, even if Aldo gets it done. It's not going to be by decision. No, I don't see I don't this going five that. rounds. Those guys are going to spend a half hour fighting each other. No way. No way. I don't like no it. Way. Especially, especially Rob Font, because Rob Font understands, bro. Look, people don't, you know, people don't think I'm I'm legit in this division. And he's gonna if he can go and look. A lot of people say all Rob Font needs is that signature win. Maybe if Jose Aldo wins, maybe it's a signature win that he needs to make people take him serious. We're going to know the fact that it's a Jose Aldo who's, you know, walks to the ring with a crutch. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about any of that. But I'm going to tell you, when it comes to Rob Font, I like him and all. But in terms of the division, this fight, to me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had as the main event. That's just me. That's Take just New me. Times Roman by knockout. New Times Roman <laughs> by knockout. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, again, I like Rob Font, but if you watch, he just does not match up with the three guys in the top of the division. And obviously, no. I was going to is not a top three guy. He's not even a top 15. I'm guy. a little disappointed this is a UFC main event. The main event on a UFC card is Aldo versus Font. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. And the thing is, and the thing is, Jared, casual people who don't really watch fighting hear Jose Aldo and think, oh, it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, and that's I guarantee that's why they did it. The name, yeah, did it because the biggest name on the card. Exactly, Jose. Although people don't really watch at UMMA like that, they just pretend. Then you know, then you know what I mean. They do stuff like that. Rob Font is a name that's starting to grow, so 
They're just trying to get the last little bit of shine Jose Aldo has. They're trying to put it on Rob Font. That's all they're really trying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, like I said, Aldo, he's gonna he's gonna get knocked out, and it's not gonna be it's gonna be ugly. And next week, I guarantee you, somebody's gonna ask, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Joe. Why did that fight happen? Hmm. There's gonna be yeah. why did yeah. that fight happen? There was like, so, yeah. everyone lost. That's really it. Because this is this is an all lose situation. Rob Font knocked out. Congratulations, you knocked out my grandfather. Yeah, nobody's good. Yeah, exactly. You don't get any points for that. You don't. You really don't. When I get the fight, you get points for. Yeah. Exactly. You're fighting a guy on the, on the tail end of his career. You knocked him out. Again, name value, sure. But then when you put context, like this is a Jose Aldo who was out of the division. You know what I mean? I'm talking about he's on his own way out of the division. Who's really going to care? Let's be honest. And then on top of that, they're going to say, all right, Rob Font, what you do ever since? Nothing. Because like I said, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Rob Font can hang with the top of that division. Because it's tough up there. It's tough. It's like the featherweight division. It's those three guys, and then everyone else can go pound sand. And that's the exact same way. I'm telling you, it's the exact same way with the bantamweight division. It's Piotr Jan, T.D. Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen. Everyone else go play with yourselves. Like, that. That that's the, it's tough. Feel bad for Font. Lose yeah. weight. Go to flyweight. Go to flyweight, Font. If he can handle that weight cut, if I'm him, if he can handle know. it. I don't know if he can. If he can handle that weight cut, go to flyweight. Because flyweight is good. It's, it's open. Yeah. It's only a two-man race. So if he can handle it, I would tell uh, him to come Arguably the best flyweight uh, in the world is in Bellator right now. You're going to make that argument. He beat the champ. He beat I mean, the champ. He beat UFC's champ. He beat Moreno. Look, again, when it comes to that, if you want to say that, you know, my thing, by the way, the, the Grand Prix, they announced that. Um, that that had me absolutely hilarious. Um, I was ecstatic. But, uh, but yeah, so, the, um, uh, excuse me. So, their flyweight is technically considered their featherweight. If I'm understanding this correctly, oh no, they're bent. Um, this is the bantamweight champ, right? That's the thing. I don't because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not. So bantamweight is their flyweight, right? What, 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 whatever it is, Pettis beat Moreno, so you can argue that. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. I, I don't know, but at the same time, I mean, Sergio Pettis. Look, I like Pettis. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not. But he was getting destroyed. Duke Rufus told him in the corner, bro, you're getting fucked up. Get it together. And even Sergio Pettis admitted it afterwards um, when, when they did the whole media availability thing. Um, he admitted, bro, not only did I know I was down, Duke Rufus was occasionally was telling me, bro, we're down. You know? Now, he pulled that spinning back fist. A lot of people say out of nowhere. And if you say it's out of nowhere, you weren't watching the fight because he was throwing it every single round. He was throwing that back. The he threw so he was throwing these wild kicks. Well, they looked wild. He threw a spinning a couple, a few spinning back fists, and he tried to get him with some elbows too, spinning a spinning back elbows. And the whole time, I'm like, he's this close, he's this close. Um, but I'm gonna lie to you, if if we're blessed enough, if if we're blessed enough to have Bellator and the UFC do an interpromotional thing, I want to see Sergio. I want to see this Sergio Pettis, this one. Against this Brandon Moreno. And I want to see 
how they would match up. Because I'll be honest with you, I, again, Jace, maybe I'm bugging. And uh, Jared, I'm glad you're here. Because um, I'm about to say something, and I want to see if I'm bugging, if I'm stupid, if I'm out of my mind. The second-ranked guy in the Bantamweight division, uh, Rafael Stotts, I think he easily, easily cleans out um, uh, the featherweight division. I, I, I don't even think it's close. I'm talking about I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's close. Yeah. That's just me. I, I, don't, I don't even think it's close. I, and I, I love Davidson Figueredo. I love him. But Rafael Stotts? By the way, just throwing it out there, when it comes to the Grand Prix, there's eight men in it. Um, my guy, Raphael Stotts, he going to handle it. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Do with that information as y'all will. Okay. But goddamn, Raphael Stotts. I like Stotts. Fig. You're not a, bugged out, but I still like Fig. You like Fig? Okay. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm not bugging out. As long as I'm not bugging out. Because, you know. Okay. I, and maybe it's just no, me. I, I, like, like, I like Stotts a lot. That's my guy right there. And um, they just announced that the Grand Prix. Um, and that's going to be interesting. It's going to be eight fighters. It's going to be hilarious. Let me tell you, it's going to be hilarious because if Sergio Pettis somehow wins, it's going to be a whole shit show. And even worse, let's say Sergio Pettis loses to someone and then the person who beat Pettis loses in the next round. Oh, it's going to be chaos. And I love it. Scott Coker does Coke. That's where he got his name from. Pretty oh, sure. And I'm pretty sure him. You know what? I'm going to end it with this and I'm going to let you go, Jason. Scott Cooker hangs out with John Jones. End of story. Go ahead, Jones. All right. Okay. Let's get back on track. Let's get back into the realm of boxing. Tank Davis going up against Isaac Cruz. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I expect Tank to win this. I mean, not look great. Land something wild that puts Isaac Cruz to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then continued to trash talk everyone else in the lightweight division and <laughs> never fight them. He's gonna but, trash talk everyone just to not fight them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I picked against Davis last time. Didn't work out against uh, Santa Cruz. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep going with Davis. I get. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not great. He, he isn't gonna look the prettiest. A land a knockout blow, maybe. But yeah, Jared, I, I, how do you see this playing out? I hear him. Did we lose Jared? Yeah, again? I hear him loud and clear. He's speaking facts. I got you, Jared. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost him again. All right. How do you see this going down, Pride? I got Tank. Um, look, I think <sighs> Cruz has a chance. I give him a chance, right? Now, people, um, David Tank is older. He is a few years older um, because Cruz is only 23. And people are saying, oh, uh, Tank is older, so he has the experience. But Davis, uh, Tank, he's 25 and 0. He got 25 fights. Isaac Cruz is 22, 1 and 1. Added together, 24 fights. So Tank only has one more fight under his belt. So the whole experience thing. I think to me, it's just a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, in terms of power, I give it to Tank. Um, movement, I will give it to. Um, I will give it to Cruz. Um, I, I, I do like the way Cruz moves around, so I will give him that. Um, he's he's very good because he's got this um, this weird style, 
where like you know you know how you see boxers kind of crouch a little bit and kind of do the, the little weird. He, he, he kind of does that from time to time, you know. And he likes he likes he likes getting you from different angles. He's he's good with angles. So, but I will say at the end of the day, I just think I got Davis. Um, I think Cruz will make it a good fight. I got Tank knocking him out. I'll say the seventh. Um, okay. I think I think it'll, I think there'll be some back and forth. Don't be surprised because of the of the of the angles Cruz can get. Don't be surprised if Tank gets rocked. Because not to say that this kid, that this dude Cruz can hit a punch, but there's a there's a few hits he'll get you that you don't see coming, and it's those shots that rock you. So don't be surprised if Tank gets rocked and he kind of just for a, for a minute looks like he's on Elm Street and he's in a nightmare chilling out with Freddy Krueger. Don't be surprised. But I think at the at the end of the day, seventh round knockout for Tank, and then obviously right after that. He's gonna go. He's gonna call someone. I don't know. Probably so. We're gonna go back to disrespecting um, Ryan Garcia and say, "Oh my God, he's a he's, he's, he's a little bleep, he's a little bleep, he's a little bleep." And then they're gonna be like, "Oh, fight him." I'm injured. It's uh, like it's 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 gonna be wild like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I expect a win, and then I expect Davis to literally call out the entire division, and then literally fight none of them. Yeah, I think like, I'll be honest with you. Before he fights anyone in the division, I expect him to move. That's just me. Like I would, I would, I would, be surprised. I would, I would, I would expect him. I would not be surprised if to avoid them, he moves up to junior welterweight. I would not be surprised whatsoever if they if they go up to him and say, "Oh, your next fight has to be let's see, um, let's say, let's say Ryan Garcia." Matter of fact, because that Ryan Garcia's fight was supposed has supposed to happen multiple times. Let's say it's that. I would not be surprised if he says, oh, to continue my legacy, I'm moving up and I want to capture more belts. Watch. I'm telling you. And I don't know what it is because I really don't think Davis is scared. I don't think so. I think somebody in his camp is telling him, why waste your time? I'm almost convinced someone's saying that. Go ahead, Jason. No, I'll tell you the, the reason. He is, I mean, there's so many good lightweights, but... He's stuck with Showtime. Showtime is, 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 out of everyone, Showtime is the promotion that doesn't like to play well with others. They like to keep their guys there. I mean, but, that that's why that's mm-hmm. why Bud Crawford jumped over to Showtime but that, and, because and, he couldn't mm-hmm. get that fight with Spence without but, doing that. But let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Don't you think a guy like Davis, like Tank, don't you think a guy like him – can kind of be like, look, at the end of the day, this is what I'm doing. Like, don't, don't you think he's he's on that level now that he can kind of be like, hey, yo, just give me this one fight. Not to say that he can, you know, run the entire thing, but don't you think he'll be able to be like, listen, I barely ask out for anything. Give me this one fight. Don't you think he's got at least enough star power to at the bare minimum do that and have him at least listen? Yeah, maybe, but I, I mean, no one else has ever done that. No, I mean, it, they're always getting in their way, and they always just want to continue making money, plain and simple. But Jared, now that you're back with us, how how you see this fight playing out? I know you don't like Tank at all. I don't like Tank at all, but again, these guys are really creative about picking opponents for their young guys, and Isaac Cruz, tough as nails. Uh, be careful with this fight, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's probably Tank Davis. 
And, and again, it's creative. I'm not good. What more do we learn about Tank Davis if he nothing that we didn't nothing. already? That's a beautiful point, Jared. You don't you learn, honestly. You learn, and dare I say, even if even if Davis loses, I don't think we learn anything either. I'll be honest. I don't think you learn anything from Davis. I don't think you learn anything. No matter win, lose, draw. Um, Davis can just show up there and literally just rip his arm off. Um, he could literally go and say the words "I quit," and I don't think we'll learn anything. We won't. We won't learn a single thing from uh, from Tank Davis in this fight. I don't think so. He's been yeah. he's been outboxed. He loses rounds on a regular basis, and uh, if that happens here, Cruz is a hard puncher. I, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How crazy is this comparison? Tank Davis is a Deontay Wilder who lost weight. I saw that comparison. I don't think okay. it's spot on, but I do think it's in the realm. I do think it's in the vicinity because Tank kind of does like his power a lot. Always for that punch and there's no plan B. Yeah, so right, so that alone kind of makes me go, look, I don't think that's an exact, you know, I don't think it's a perfect comparison, but I do think it's in the ballpark. 100%. I think it's in the ballpark. I don't know how you feel about it, Jace, but, but I believe it's in the ballpark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say that, oh, yeah. Jared, you got to fix your mic, brother. I don't know why it's ah! echoing. But uh, something's echoing. Um, you good now? Yeah, I'm good. I had to take a little break for uh, some mental health stuff. <laughs> I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you got it together, Ryan Garcia. I'm glad you got it together. Now that Tank's fighting Isaac, I feel better. <laughs> 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 yo, I'm telling oh you, yo, Jace, this episode, Jared is dry, dropping some beautiful dialogue. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I need to gather them because, it, this, oh, this has been hilarious. All right, and I mean, let's con continue on dropping the dimes and yes. actually picking them back up and making us some money. This is your parlay, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I like George Fox. Uh, he's fighting his toughest opponent to date. But he's a um, capable fighter, and it's just the next step for him. Uh, I think I think Fox has some potential, not great. Devin Haney, like I said, he beats Diaz real clever with the weights there, getting him in there with a guy he can handle. Um, and then lastly, you have uh, Arthur Yarde versus, uh, uh, excuse me, Lyndon Arthur. Versus Anthony Yarday. These guys fought. Arthur won the first time. I don't know why he's got plus money. These are two big, strong guys at light heavyweight. Uh, both with defensive flaws. Going to be a great fight. And I like Arthur to get it done again. If you're an MMA fan, think Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. Okay. Big, strong, but with defensive flaws. So yeah. Lyndon Arthur and Anthony Yard. It's going to be a good fight. And I take, I take Arthur. Thank you for breaking it down for a nincompoop like myself. I appreciate it. Because <laughs> once you, you said Curtis Blaze and uh, 
And that guy who, by the way, best goes down and then licks you. The best, the best post-fight celebration I've ever seen in my life. Derek Lewis. I don't know what's better, him, him doing that, or when he took off his shorts and Joe Rogan was like, hey, what are you doing? And he was like, my balls, balls was hot. And, and Joe Rogan was like, hot. yo, he didn't know what to say. So he was like, I understand. And it's like, bro, you made Joe Rogan like almost stuttered. Like, yo. <laughs> But yeah, um, so let me ask you a question on that parlay thing. So, because obviously you have a plus. Um, Lyndon Arthur was the plus. Um, why? Why why would you bet on him if he's a plus? Can can you break that down for a simpleton like me? Um, I don't bet anything by itself. Mm. Almost never. ESPN had Delaware versus Delaware State as a basic coin toss, 51% to 49%. Delaware State got 17 and a half points. So I didn't want to take them on the money line, but I took the 17 and a half points. They lost by eight or nine or something and hit it. But unless it's something like that, I will almost never take a spread. So if you pay 10, 15, 20% to get your money in there and 10, 15, 20% to get your money out, and then they're taking 10 or 15% on coin tosses when you are betting the spread, then you lost 15% three times and you're at about a 50-50 split. You gotta, you've got to be right eight or nine out of 10 times to win at that rate. How many of us can do that on coin tosses? Be right eight out of 10 times. No, no, you don't have to. What you do is you take, I usually don't make parlays with pluses. I'll make parlays with favorites and then round robins with pluses. So I have, your, well, I'm going to bring this up and answer your question real quick, just because uh, this is this is one I'm pretty excited about. I have a round robin in today. So $16, if you pick five underdogs, and you round robin them every combination from three to five. There's 16 of them. Mm. So I have 16 bets, including uh, Anthony, uh, excuse me, Lyndon Arthur. Um, I put Brad Riddell at plus 100. I've got the under four and a half for Rob Font at plus 110. IPFW college basketball at plus 113. And then San Diego State at minus one two twenty, so I'm 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 confident about the football game. And then I took four other plus monies where if I go two for four, I'm turning a win. So okay, so I, okay, so I got to go two for four on coin tosses, and you got to go eight for ten. So you're basically okay. I I see. Okay, so instead of just doing one bet, they're kind of doing like you know one. One that's like a virtual sure thing that you're a hundred percent confident in, and then you have others sprinkled in there to just in case help you offset. So let's say you end up losing at worst, you're kind of just zeroing out. Oh yeah, if I'm if I'm betting something that's ten to one odds, and I'm betting a hundred dollars, I'm going to make ten bucks. If I find five fights that I like at ten to one odds, and bet twenty dollars instead of a hundred, I win that same ten bucks. Mm. So you stack them on top of each other, right? 10 to 1 times 5 is 20 wins 10. Yep. And what are the odds if you've got 10 to 1 odds on five fights that you win all five of them? If you pick 10 of those and you're a simpleton, you're going to lose 1 out of 10. They're 10 to 1 odds, right? So you're going to be able to pick 9 of those. So take the five of them that you like, 
that the 20 instead of the 100, that's how you do favorites. And underdogs, you round robin so that if you hit any of them, you you end up uh, breaking even. And should I hit all five of those, it's like an $800 ticket for 16 bucks. I'm so glad I was able to be here because just asking you this stuff, it makes me feel just a little bit smarter. Just a little bit. I'm able, you are cracking my mind and fertilizing my brain with this knowledge. Oh, wise one, you are my master Yoda. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Hey, yeah, no, no straight up bets and no spreads. I hate spreads. You're, you're down five and you're getting five and a half points and you're fouling. I love it. It doesn't benefit me. That might benefit the team to try to get back in the game, but you're doing the opposite of what I would want you to do. I never play spreads. They, but there is there are computers smarter than you that are behind putting those spreads together. I don't I don't usually touch them. Mm. That's but, great uh, to know. All right. They got a hundred of me building that thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's get back to the fights. Fight of the night. Jared, what you got? Oh, before we get past the, I mean, I got to take the shot out of here before we get past the puncher's chance. <laughs> My man's hitting tickets with your boy. Fight of the night is that boxing match. Lyndon Arthur, that plus 140 against mm. uh, Anthony Yard. That is your fight of the night. One of them's a little bit more disciplined, a little bit better defensively. He beat him last time. He's going to do it again. Lyndon Arthur, and that's your fight of the night because they they're big guys who lack defensively. Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. If you if you're not a boxing guy, that's the type of fight you're getting here. All right, Pride. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between two. I'm torn between a fight I already saw and a fight that I have some decent expectations for. Um, Just give us both. All right. So in terms of the boxing one, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Hanley. Um, Hanley and Cruz. Haney. Or Haney, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously your boy's stupid as shit, so, you know, words are hard. That's a um, good fight, though. I, 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 I like, like I said, um, I've, I've, I genuinely 110% believe that this fight is closer than people say. By the way, I think I said Cruz. I meant Diaz. Diaz, yeah. Um, Haney and Diaz. I... I genuinely believe this fight is closer than a lot of people are making it out to be. I have Hanley by decision, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a few. I'm going to put it to you this way. I think I said unanimous decision. I think there's a legit chance it's split because I believe there's going to be a few rounds, more specifically between round four through six, where it's going to be so close that you're going to be like, God damn, give me a quarter. I'm flipping a coin, and that's how we decide who wins. If I'm, some of those. if I'm round by round, I'm with you. Three or four rounds, Haney wins decisively outboxing this guy. Then Diaz realizes he can't box with him yep. and starts trying to beat him by volume, starts making the fight interesting in four, five, six. And then we end up with some coin toss rounds. And yeah, I could absolutely see that. But I think there will be dangerous moments for both fighters in that fight. That's a great fight of the night. Yeah, 110%. I think there's going to be time. And we're going to learn something about Haney here. Um, because I believe there's going to be a couple times he's going to be in trouble. And when he's in trouble, do I think he's going to be rocked? No, but I think the potential will be there where he's going to have to understand, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm low-key in trouble. 
let me try to get out of this. And then, again, me personally, I think this fight is way closer than the people are saying. Um, so I got Hanley versus Diaz. I think that is going to be the fight of the night. Uh, I'm going to be a little biased. Um, I have Pettis versus Hiroguchi. Um, they fought last night. Um, Hiroguchi was dominating Pettis. Wasn't even close. Fourth round, Pettis did this weird little, let me give you a half kick. I missed step over. By the way, I have a delivery. Amazon Prime, fuck boy. <laughs> it was wild, bro. It was, and it's crazy because the whole fight I'm seeing it, and I'm like, he's throwing it. He's throwing that spinning back. He's throwing the elbow, and I'm like, he's this close. He's only a fraction of a second off, and he hits him with one of those. Haraguchi is going night night. He's Lights going out. night night, and he hit him. He hit him so hard that Pettis had an opportunity to hit him. And he even said afterwards, he was like, I was going to hit him, but I saw him, and he was really out. He was out, out. Like, it, it was, he wasn't a Oh, joke. he, like, walked over and just touched him, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. On his way over there, he decided, oh, <laughs> like out of the movies when you realize the guy's out of it. And, but, yo, Jace, literally uh, halfway through, he was uh, like, oh, he's dead. Oh, no, he's dead. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I really, like, and you can tell. If he I'm had glasses, guy. maybe, but I'm not going to punch a dead guy. No, hundred percent. Straight up, like I'm, I'm pretty sure Pettis was like, "Hey, yo, someone give me a stick. You want to go?" I don't get points for. And it, it's funny because at the end of the fight, he went up on the cage and he was he had this little. He was like, looking, and right before the camera look, he saw his family. He was like, "Hi," and I was like, "Wait a minute, time out. You can't be a killer and smile. Like, no, you need to pick one. Like you just virtually killed a man on pay per view. Do not tell me." Oh, yeah, I, I, I want to see my family. Like, no, bro. Right now, you just killed the dude. The oh, God. Dude, You're going to love this story. I got another great story. You know, now, and I've always said that I, you know, I'd rather be fighting the big guy than the small guy. I want something I get points for. I'll pick all the people on my team that I, you know. So I was usually one of the captains for volleyball in prison. Mm. Um, I was in uh, Osborne. Um, so this is a level four or five, caught a couple tickets at lesser prisons, went to the big boy prison. We're playing volleyball in the rec yard. And uh, there's a homosexual mm. named Mitchell. Um, he's maybe 6'1", 190. So nice size guy Mitchell was. Mm. Um, and there was a killer out there, like an actual killer who was about 6'4", 260, you know. Um, and whenever I was a captain and we had all of these guys, you know, in prison playing volleyball, I'd pick Mitchell first. And I usually got some some flack for that, you know, might not have been a good volleyball player, might not have been the best on the. But see, what happened one of these days is this killer, uh, Peck, was a big dude. And he went up and he met Mitchell at the net on the ball one of those volleyball full contact spikes and peck went down boom flat on his back sand all over him we got the point and mitchell went like this that's game no and pranced off into the oh my god you've never seen anything like the look on this guy's face watching mitchell kind of prance away and huh good game guys 
It was the most amazing moment. <laughs> but take Mitchell first. Take pick. It's okay to pick Mitchell first is the point because you don't want to be the guy laying on the ground that just got spiked on while Lee Prance is away. Jace, Jace, oh, question. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Jace. Down syndrome or Mitch? <laughs> which is the funnier story? We need to figure out oh, you which was funnier because right now I am perplexed. I <laughs> oh, I don't know. This whole show's got off the rails like so much. <laughs> oh my God. But it's oh, fun. You'll love it. It is. Oh, uh, yeah. All but right. Like, your fight of the night. What you got? All right. Uh, I got two as well. On the UFC card, Alex Moreno versus Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall, infamous for choking out CM Punk. He he is still he's still solid. Uh, had a couple bumps along the way. Uh, I think he can get back into something. And Alex Moreno, uh, another young uh, up and comer. Uh, I think he beat, if I'm not mistaken, he beat Cowboy. Mm. So, yeah, both these guys got a, a big. Uh, I don't want to say big name, but a name under their belt. Right. Uh, squaring off welterweight division should be interesting. And then in boxing, uh, the co-main event for Haney and Diaz, Jessica McCaskill versus Victoria Busos. Both yes. lost to Katie Taylor. McCaskill, since that Katie Taylor lost, been on a tear. Uh, mm. Undisputed women's uh, welterweight champion. And... Uh, uh, Busos lost to Katie Taylor, then lost to Brackus, who uh, McCaskill beat in her last fight. So, uh, yeah, I got the, I, he's I got the percolate in, in Jared's head, real quick. I'm gonna let before, real quick, I want to also throw out a quick honorable mention Jimmy Croot versus Jamal Hill. Um, oh, she got replaced, dude. Candy Wyatt. Uh-huh. Yeah, McCaskill's not fighting a Bosis. Damn. Yeah, you can replace that one. The girl's name is Candy Wyatt. She's 10 and 3. She got stopped by Laredo, lost her last two fights. Oh, and is coming up 10 pounds. With a name like Candy, you win it. McCaskill's um, gonna kill that girl. Probably, it's probably gonna be a murder. Last, yeah, two day, two day replacement, two days notice. Bless her heart, though. Candy took two day replacement. Bless her heart. Not Good for you, Candy. Now hey, a lot of fighters, I'm gonna... regardless of gender, don't have the balls to do that. So shout out to Candy, but that's, that's yeah. a real one right there. Come two up days. two weight classes in three days, yeah, to Ooh. fight a top ten, yeah. Bravo. Imagine, imagine if Candy Props. wins. Ooh. So real quick, days before I let you go, um, Jimmy Crew, Jamal Hill. Um, I have a lot of expectations for Jimmy Crew. Um, he did lose to Anthony Smith because you know he got kicked and his leg decided to fake break an ankle. Like it looked, it looked brutes magoots as the children say in the streets. Um, but I think I think he gets to bounce back. Right now, the the light heavyweight division: Glover Teixeira, old; um, Bla, uh, Jan Blachowicz, old; um, Anthony Smith, he's starting to get old; Thiago Santos starting to get old. So at least four of the top six guys. They're on their way out. Enter Jimmy Crute, who I will tell you, not only will be the champion, but he will have a decent reign with at least three title defenses. Mark my words, I have high expectations of this Australian guy. He makes me want to be Australian. I, wow. Know. He wants me to go, oh, I might. Like, that's how, that's how much in love I am with Jimmy Crute. 
this is my dude. And I'm listen, I'm saying it in a couple years when he's the champion, he's gonna have at least three title defenses. I'm gonna be sitting pretty. I'm gonna be like, the next time if that happens, when that happens, I come up here, I'm gonna talk like this, Mike. Straight up the hell episode. Oh, huh? How you doing, Mike? I swear to God, I'm talking like that. I'm not kidding. Like, I have high expectations of Jimmy Crew. So that's gonna be an honorable mention. Jimmy Crew, Jamal Hill. Um, that was going to be on the undercard of um of Font and um and Aldo. So his nickname I- is uh his nickname is Sour. Yes, Sour Crew. Yep. Um, and I like that. I, I really like Crew too. I I'm not too three defenses as a champion. That's what I said about Cyril Gran when we started. But uh, I I hey, he's one of the guys that can. Let's just say that. I need to see more. Let's win tonight first. Let's <laughs> and when me and my guy win, when me and Jimmy Coop win, we're going scissor. You know who we want next? You know who we want next? You know what? Nah. We want John Jones. We're going to make a statement. We're going to beat the bejesus on him. John, come back. Come back to your division. Come back to your division and pass the torch. My guy, Jimmy Sour Recruit. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. But before we stop with the, with the fight talk for a sec, I got to call out ESPN. First off, making me look like an idiot for not mentioning that Bustos was injured. And I'm sitting here scrolling through their whole boxing front page. They, they got stuff still talking about Crawford and Porter from two weeks ago. You can't bring that up. I'm going to tell, right tell you this right now. Jason, I'm going to tell you this right now. That's why I missed it too. Yeah. When yep. it comes to boxing, the only thing I look for the ESPN is the rankings. And I just want to see whether or not they're smoking or not. Do not go for any news for ESPN when it comes to boxing because they are literally, literally one of the last ones to know, the last ones to care, and the last ones to publish it. Unless it's a big name like <laughs> they don't care. And it's 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 absurd. When it comes to any combat sport, do not do even though UFC partnered with them, do not trust ESPN because they fumbled their bag worse than Dennis Schroeder did. Yeah, and they're and they're worse when it <laughs> and they're worse when it comes to the female fighters, like Jay said. Both says this girl can punch and was like a plus four or five hundred. I liked the upset. She can hit harder than McCaskill's ever been hit, and Candy can't. She came up ten pounds and found out she was fighting two, three days ago. This is this is a tough position. What what's uh, what's Candy's last name again? Uh, Wyatt. Candy can can Wyatt. I'm calling her Can Can because you know Candy, like you know, but the, Candy Can Can Wyatt, she getting the win. I'm going with her. I, just because of her name, just because of her name, Candy Can Can Wyatt. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for the fights this week. Uh, big welterweight. I mean, big lightweight fight last week. More big lightweight fights this week in boxing. Got a interesting uh, UFC fight. Great, great stuff. And we got the UFC pay per view coming up. So. Big, big stuff going on in the world of combat sports. And you know to tune in every Saturday at 10 to check it out. And make sure – and big shout-out to Clovercrest Media. Make sure you do, go to www.clovercrestmedia.com. Check out not just more information on this podcast, but a bunch of other podcasts, a bunch of sports shows, football, baseball, basketball, everything there. And, I mean, if you're not just a sports fan, got true crime, we got political – Stuff there too. Big shout out to you, Pride, for filling in for Jill today. Make sure you check right. out Prideful Takes podcast. I mean, you do that like I feel like you're live every day with something new on that. Yeah, 
Yeah, look, man. Every oh. day, I'm not allowed to get a break. Um, I literally every day, Jerry, help. Like, if I need help, I'll blink if I need help. But <laughs> I promise, I'm fine. Now, literally every day, I'm on something. Literally, um, and not I'm, like John Jones, but you mean? No, 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 yeah, yeah. When I say on something, hundred percent, I am not John Jones. Matter of fact. I might even go stitch myself out. Maybe, maybe, maybe John Joe swung by and we chopped it. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I'm, I'm always on something. You know what I mean? Um, I like. I, honestly, this is something I love to do. You know what I mean? Um, apparently, I must be doing something right because if people are reaching out to me, I must. I gotta be doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, hundred percent. Yeah, but honestly, like I said, you guys, if you guys ever need me on. Just reach out, and I will come, and because it, it's fun, it's yeah, yeah. fun, hundred percent. It's it, it's always fun. Ditto, my friend. Definitely. So yeah, hundred percent. If you guys ever need me again, let me know. Joe, feel better. I hope I done did you proud, sir. Yeah. I hope I done did you proud. Yeah. But uh, for myself, Big Jace, Jared Jones, and Pride, this has been throwing jabs, and we're gonna end the show like we always do, Jared. Hit us with that flurry. Uh, a lot of you guys have noticed probably we're doing uh, big things over at Scrub Scraps. Uh, got a little fundraiser going now. And um, I've been asked a lot when I'm going to start celebrating. We got the 501c3, you know, and it was more of like a somber moment, humbling moment for me. And we got the exemption from USA Boxing. And then we got the gym. And I feel like people are waiting for this big, yeah, we did it. Um, but all of those successes are on paper. And I celebrate wins with people. Scrub Scraps had some serious, serious wins with people, and we had to shut it down four years ago. And since then, we've had some major wins on paper. Um, and we're getting ready to get back to the people. So thank you to everybody who helped out. And I have something huge coming in about an hour or two. I'm going to come back on here. And uh, this is a teaser. So I'll be live shortly with uh, with big news coming from Scrub Scraps. Check us out, scrubscraps.org. Uh, life-saving material. Thank you, guys. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of 
David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. 